Well, you won't need to open your Bible to any one particular passage because we're going to be Bible surfing today. Uh, so, um, if uh, in case you didn't know, this week and next week we are going to basically we're going to look at the church. We're going to look at God's vision for Red Baptist Church uh, for this year. And normally we would do this earlier than now, but there were some other things I really thought that we needed to really get a focus on, one of them being prayer. And so today, we're going to enter into a two-part series on what I really believe God's vision is uh, for us. So before we get started, let's pray. Now, God, we just come before you this morning. God, we want to thank you for uh, the fact, God, that we can just be here in this place. And Lord, every single person in this room plays a huge role in what is taking place at Reda. God, you knew since the be- uh, before time began that you were going to put Reda Baptist Church at 13201 Rendon Road. And God, we know beyond any shadow of any doubt that you have a plan and that you have a purpose for us here. And our job is to understand what that is and to be prepared for it. So God, today I really pray and ask that you would speak to us and that you would help us to understand and to see things from your perspective so that you can do what you've been wanting to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, if there is a scripture reference for this whole year, you're going to find it in Revelation chapter 3, verse 2. I have known this for the longest time. Uh, That verse that you will see in Revelation chapter 3, verse 2, is um, when Jesus was talking to the church of Sardis. And he told them these words. Now, this is Jesus talking. And Jesus tells this church, he says, wake up. And then he says, strengthen the things that remain. Now, this is the Lord and he is talking. And he is telling a church of people just like us right here, right now, to wake up. They had fallen asleep in the way they were living their lives. They weren't living their lives for him at all. He told them to wake up and strengthen the things that remain. There were things that they were doing that was really, really good, and he wanted them to focus on those things and to strengthen those things. That is what, if, there's, if you're looking for a scripture reference for our theme our vision what god is going to do at red baptist church then that's it strengthen the things that remain i want us to do more than just take a look at what god is doing with us i want us all to both see and to uh, feel uh, the heartbeat of our church because we all in this room we make up the heartbeat of red baptist church There is no way that I could do this message in just a one-time, three-point sermon. And and as soon as I am through, uh, say, all right, let's get out there and let's do it. And then we go off. It it would serve no purpose whatsoever. It would just be head knowledge. It's just another typical 
uh, sermon, and we hear it, and then we go and we forget. Five seconds after we walk out the door, even what the message was about. I believe it's really important that we address two questions, and then we're going to know, and then we're going to be ready, and then we're going to go after it, and we're going to see it happen. Today we're going to look at the first question in understanding what God's vision is for our church here at this place. The first question today is, who are we and what is our purpose? Who we are and what's our purpose? In his book called Scrappy Church, God's Not Done Yet, Tom Rayner talks about the local church and he talks about why you should have hope. Uh, Tom is the president and he's the CEO of Lifeway Resources, one of the largest Christian resource companies in the world. He's a respected pastor and a researcher. He has 20 books, over 20 books to his credit, with two number one bestsellers. And this is what he said. Now listen to this. There are many church leaders and church members today wondering if their church is going to survive they are discouraged a number of them are defeated for countless numbers the best days seem to be in the past he went on to say that those attitudes and even the defeat that they were feeling they are not unwarranted and then he goes on and he says this at least two-thirds of churches are declining, possibly even more today. Two-thirds of all churches. He says, we estimate that about 100 to 150 churches close their doors every week. Now think about that. The signs of despair are justified, and for those who are hanging on, a number of the leaders feel a sense of futility. After carrying out this thinking even further, he ends it with this. He asks a question. He says, is there hope? Do these smaller and mid-sized churches have a path forward? Can they survive in the world seemingly dominated by larger churches and mega churches? The answer to the question is an absolute yes. I make that declaration, he said, not by sentiment nor false hopes, but by clear evidence of God's work. So here's the question. Who are we here at Red Baptist Church? Who are we? You know, the Bible tells us in Proverbs 29, 18, where there is no vision the people perish. And that's true. Who are we? Why are we here? Well, we're members of Red Baptist Church. If you're visiting with us today, you get to be a you get to just literally jump on the train as we all go through this together. We're members at Red Baptist Church. Um, this church has been in existence for about 105 years. Uh, there have been periods of many highs in the life of this church, and there have been a number of lows throughout the years of this church. Both good and bad, 
the church has existed. Think for a moment about the roll call of those who have gone here, have been very active here, and they are no longer here, they're in glory. Just think about all those people. If you think, well, I wonder how many that is. Here's what I want us to do. I want you to think of one person that has made a significant impact, maybe in your life and the life of this church, that once sat right where you're sitting right now. Get that person in your mind. And on the count of three, I want you to shout that name out out loud. Everybody, you get that one person in your head. And on three, with me, you're going to say the name of that person that comes to your mind. You got it? One, two, three. Lincoln Bechtel. My original plan, I was going to ask people to show hands. We were just going to go around just rapid fire so everyone could hear the name. But that would be the whole message. We have had so many heroes of the faith that have sat right where you're sitting right now. They were the church once upon a time. Did you know that this church, Red Baptist Church, I wasn't here then. There was one year, I believe it was 86, it was the fastest growing Southern Baptist Church in the nation. Did you know that? I didn't. I remember when I came on, I remember being uh, interviewed. I saw a plaque. It was on the wall. Jerry Valsic. Anybody remember Jerry? Okay. He showed me the plaque. And I remember when he did, that's the only time I got intimidated. Because I'm like, oh my gosh, how many people go to this church? Did you know the very next year, Red Baptist Church had the fastest growing Sunday school in the nation? you know that a lot of history standing on this stage we've had congressional uh members in politics stand on this stage and talk or pray we have had some of the very biggest christian singers stand on this stage george beverly shea i wasn't here for that man it would have that would have been cool that would have really been cool. Uh, there was Bailey Smith, the evangelist. I remember hearing about the time we baptized in one day over 200 individuals. It was where the chapel is now, but that used to be the auditorium. I mean, that's why we're kind of little. We mess with people, I think, too much because when visitors go to your church, they're going to go where the steeple is. Well, if they do that, they're going to miss church. But there was the baptismal in the very front. And David Sanders told me about the time, that time, and he even got baptized. He was in that flow. They had to run a garden hose into the, the baptismal because they were losing so much water and that the water was solid blue because everyone getting baptized was, I guess a lot of people were wearing blue jeans and their blue jeans were running in the water. That's a really good problem to have, by the way. But when you think about that, you're reminded there have been a lot of big things go on in the life of this church. Mercy Me has been here on this stage. They sang at this church. The, uh, the Imperials. Uh, 
uh, Brian Duncan, uh, Chris Tomlin, David and the Giants. Some of us old school of the youth, we remember David and the Giants. Um, just the biggest of the big. You know, Jesus was speaking of himself when he said in Matthew 16, 18, you'll see this on the screen, upon this rock, I will build my church. Who is the rock? Jesus is the rock. Every single thing that we believe is grounded and founded on who Jesus is. Amen? Amen. There's nothing else. It's all about him. You know, the very word church, it literally means those who have been called out. Called out. What does that mean? Look at the sea of humanity that's around us. And the church are those believers that Jesus has saved. He's called them out of that group. And he has made and established his church. You know, the Lord pictures the church, as the Bible shows us, as a body. As a body. Um, in Ephesians 5.23 Paul said to the Ephesian believers, he said, Christ is the head of the church, and we are the members. We are the body. We are what makes up the church. A living, breathing, functioning body of believers whose sole purpose is to grow, to fellowship, to pray, and to reach the world for Jesus. That is our purpose. That's what we're supposed to be about. That's why we come here. That's why we hang our head at Red Baptist Church. Now, to understand the vision that Jesus has for us, and I do believe that he's got a vision for us here at Red every single thing that we do follows who we are. Now, I really want you to remember that. That is important. Every single thing that we do, it follows who we are. In the movie Gladiator, Maximus. Maximus makes this comment, and he says, What we do now goes on into eternity. Y'all see that movie? Some of you? Some of it? It's a good movie. What we do now, it goes on into eternity. Have you ever considered that what you do here at Red Baptist Church does the same thing? Because it does. If we're changing lives and lives are being changed, does that not change eternity? Of course it does. Why do you think Jesus had it in his mind to establish this thing called the church? Paul told the Corinthian church, you'll see this up on the screen too, in 1 Corinthians 7, 23-24, Paul said this. He said, you were bought with a price. Do not become slaves of men. Brethren, let each man remain with God in that condition in which he was called. And what condition do you ask? You go, I don't know if I understand that. What condition are we supposed to remain in? It's the condition of being sold out to Jesus. It is the condition of if we began by following him, keep following him. Don't give up. 
The days of claiming our rights, doing what we want to do, whenever we want to do it, however we want to do it. Y'all, when you gave your life to Jesus, those days ended. Those days are gone. Because now you belong to someone. And now we have a responsibility. We, don't, we cannot claim our rights. Well, I feel that this needs to happen. Well, I feel, well, I want, man, those days are done. Praise God those days are done. Now we have a responsibility. It's not about our rights. Here is something I want to tell you that is going to shock you to death. So if you've got a pen, you're going to want to write this one down. This is deep. I'm going to make it super, super easy to understand. All right? Are you ready? The church is less than perfect. I know. I just blew your doors off. The church is not made up of perfect people. Except Chrissy. It's not perfect. It is flawed. It is imperfect. It is wrinkled. And it is covered with blemishes. And you want to know why? Because the people who make up the body are flawed, are imperfect, are wrinkled, and they are covered with blemishes as well. Turn to the person next to you and say, you are a very wrinkled person. <laughs> Amen and welcome to Red Baptist Church. We're just putting you down, right? You know, there's an old spiritual song. There's an old spiritual song, and it's entitled, Let the Church Roll On. And it expresses that thought really, really good. Listen to this. Here's, here's a little bit of what it says. There's a woman in the church, and she talks too much. Tell me, what are we going to do? Let the church roll on. There's a singer in the church, and he won't sing right. Tell me, what are we going to do? Let the church roll on. There's a deacon in the church, and he won't deek right. <laughs> Tell me, what are we going to do? Let the church roll on. You know, in order to go on, I think many times we just need to roll on. Amen? Amen. But in order to do this, it's not only important to know who we are, but it's important to understand what is our purpose. Because that's what brings us here. We're already a body of believers, but then we are here. We are brought here. The biblical roles or ministries of the church are foundational to the church. And what are these roles? They are many. But I want us to focus on three key foundations for this year and even next year. Are you ready? Three key foundations. Worship. You'll see this on the screen. Worship. 
edification and evangelism. There's an acrostic there. We. Just we. Worship, evangelism, edification. And as we look at these three foundations, I want to ask you, how do you think we are doing in these three areas? This is real important. Honestly speaking, how do you think we're doing right now in these three areas? Sometimes things do not appear as we think that they do. The way you think or feel about something, it may not be the very thing that's actually taking place, is it? Did you all hear the one about this couple? This man and his wife, and they were sitting and they were talking to some friends of theirs. And they were all talking about the Lord. And, and the dad, his name is Jeff. He was just listening. He wasn't really saying anything. He got real excited. And all of a sudden, Jeff spoke up and he said, Well, I just want you to know, I have a really, really, really close relationship with Jesus. And the people who were listening was like, oh yeah, well how so? And he goes, you're going to think I'm making this up. I'm not making any of this up. He says, you know what? <clears throat> These last two weeks, something incredible has been happening. I'll get up in the middle of the night. I'll go in. i got to go to the bathroom. And the minute I open up the door, the Lord turns on the light. And the guy, the people listening were like, what? He goes, yeah. I'll get up in the middle of the night. I'll go to the bathroom. The minute I open the door, I promise, I don't turn on the light. The light just comes on. The, the Lord, he just turns the light on for me. And immediately at that, his wife spoke up and said, oh, good Lord. Jeff's going to the bathroom in the fridge again. <laughs> Things do not always appear as they seem, do they? Now you'll never go to your refrigerator and look at it the same way again. Someone once said, quote, Worship is God-centered and it is Christ-centered. It is not about entertaining Christians with flashy displays or presentations, but about expressing our love by worshiping our Creator. We are to praise and glorify God in worship. As such, every Christian needs to be part of regular fellowship and worship. And boy, that is really, that's really, really, really true. True words. Listen, a big part of eternity has to do with this thing that we call worship. Now, we tend to only think about singing when the word worship uh, comes up. But do you realize that singing is just one spoke in the wheel when we look at this thing that we call, that we call worship? Worship is not only about singing. Worship is a lifestyle. It is a lifestyle. It is what you're doing right now with your life. Because every single one of us in this room, we're going to be worshiping something. It's not just about singing. 
It's about how we're living our life. It is who you are and how you express yourself. Remember the comment that the woman made at the well when Jesus ran into the woman at the well? And she's talking to the Lord and she says, Sir, I believe that you must be a prophet. You know, our father, she's talking about her heritage. Our fathers, they worshiped in this mountain. And you people say that it is in Jerusalem is the place where men really should worship. And Jesus said to her, and he said this, Woman, now believe me, that was a good thing to say back then. You don't approach it now by addressing a, a lady. He says, Woman, believe me, an hour is coming when neither in this mountain or even in Jerusalem shall you worship the Father. See, you worship that which you do not know. We worship that which we know, for salvation is from the Jews. This is Jesus talking. And then he says this, But an hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshiper shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For such people the Father seeks to be his worshipers. Worshiping the Father in spirit and truth, y'all, you know, that's a lifestyle. That encompasses <clears throat> every single thing about you. So if you think about worship in this way, the lifestyle, let me ask you this question. How would other people who know you define your worship experience? How would those who are closest to you define your worship-type lifestyle? How you act, what you do, who you represent. What would they say? Would it be a big amen or a big oh my? Hebrews 10, 23-25 reminds us of the importance of maintaining regular fellowship too. The writer of Hebrews said this, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds. You'll see this up on the screen. Not forsaking our own assembly together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near i love love that verse and i've said it forever to the youth know why i love that verse so much not forsaking our own assembly together as is the habit of some why is it a big deal to be involved in the church because you know that there are some people they come here primarily because so-and-so and so-and-so go here. When you walk into a room, you look for who's there. That's just nature. I do that. You walk into the church and you're hoping so-and-so and so-and-so, they're going to be there. Because it's going to be more awesome. It's going to be more fun. It's going to be more fulfilling. If certain people are there. People will come because you're actively involved. And so many people just don't think they matter 
And they're so deceived. They're just so lost with that thinking. Every single person here this morning matters. Everyone matters. Get active. Be active. The Lord is ready to do great things in you, but you need to make yourselves available in God's house. To be a half-hearted Christian is to be carnal. And you may not want to hear it, but it's true. Why? It wasn't a man who decided, well, we just need another club to go to. We're going to call it the church. Didn't happen like that. It was Jesus that established the church. Why? Because you need someone in your life holding you up. And that's what you're going to get when you go to church. That's what you should get when you go to church. The fellowship strengthening as iron sharpens iron, as the Bible says. The, the praying, the need, all of that. You cannot have, you cannot possess a sowed-out, obedience-walking, thriving, growing relationship with Christ if your participation in the church is just occasional or so-so. It's impossible. If it was possible, Jesus would have never founded the church. Let me ask you this question. What areas of your life are you putting in or investing in right now at your church? That's a good question. Inside of your bulletin, you're going to see this right here. There's a reason for it. This piece of paper right here, front and back. You're going to see standing committees, and then you're going to see ministry teams. And this is for you to see who is serving where at Red Baptist Church. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. don't have to do it today. You can. At the end of the service, you can drop it off in the offering plate if you already know. If not, put this in your Bible, bring it back next week, and drop it off in the offering plate then when you've had time to think about it or pray about it. If you're not actively involved and you would like to get involved, I cannot tell you how much we could use you and anything that you bring to the table. All I'm going to ask you to do is write your name in whatever you see that you might be interested in becoming a part of, and I will get back with you. Everybody. If you will fill this out, all you got to do is write your name in whatever it is, whether it be a committee or a ministry team, and I will get back. Folks, let's see our involvement here at Red Baptist Church move, move from, oh, I have to go to this. Uh, oh, I, I have to do that. Oh, we got this tonight, and I'm on this, and I have to go. Let's, let's move from that kind of a mindset to, I don't have to, I get to. I get to make a difference for Jesus and his kingdom by serving at my church. I get to. I don't have to. I want to. I get to strengthen the things that remain. And just as worship is a foundational key to discovering who we are, edification is a second key in understanding the church and who we are. And it's on this one right here I'm going to camp out on the most. I won't say the most about it, 
but it's the one that means the most to me. Edification. This is the area that will connect with everyone around you. This is the area that will help the body to function well. This thing that we call edification. Now, don't get me wrong, all three areas, worship, edification, and evangelism, they're all very, very important. However, you remove or you have a bad sense of edifying one another, you can not only hurt the church, you can kill it. How do things appear to you in this area of edification at Red Baptist Church? Do you encourage others or do you discourage others? Let me ask you this. What encourages you? Edification involves edifying believers, but it also involves nurturing and the building up of believers to help them mature in Christ. So let me ask you again. How are you in edifying other believers around you today? You know, there's a variety of ministries that will help us to accomplish this at Retta, like life groups, Bible fellowship, men's fellowship, women's ministry, our student program, our children's ministry, worship ministry, young adults Bible study, just to list some of these. In fact, even today, at the end of this service, we're going to vote on bringing Josh Gear on as our administrator and education minister who's going to help to strengthen all these ministries and not just strengthen, but see them grow. And I don't have any doubt whatsoever that's exactly what's going to happen. You know, in Proverbs 6, 16 through 19, I want you to see this on the screen. I want everybody to look at this verse. I want you to see this. This is one of those scary, scary passages in the Scriptures. It says this. You know there are six things which the Lord hates? Hates. For God to hate when His character is love, it's a big deal. And then He says this. But there's a seventh one that goes beyond hate. It's an abomination to him. The ultimate of don't go there with God is the abomination. We don't read about many of them in the Bible. He's about to point out one of those right here. There are six things that the Lord hates. Yes, seven which are an abomination to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, Feet that run to evil. And here's the abomination. A false witness who utters lies. And one who spreads strife among brothers. You know what that word strife is? It's called gossip. It's called slander. It's when we say something negative about something or someone in some way and they're not there. That's an abomination to him. It is so easy to fall into that rut. 
especially when you see people that you look up to and they're not living for Jesus at the moment when their mouth is moving. That is why James in the book of James, James talks about the power of the tongue and how deadly it is. With it, he says, we praise our heavenly Father and with it we curse men who have been made in his likeness. It's, it's bad. Why did I ask you to pay special attention to the last verse? Because gossip and dissension and slander are as opposite of edification as it can get. This is an area that we can fix immediately. Amen? Amen. And we will. Gone are the days of gossip, negativity, critical spirits, anger, and every form of the cancer of the mouth that can kill the body. Unity, fellowship, and love are the areas that's going to grow right here at this church. And allow me to say this. You might have developed a bad habit in this area. I can promise you. You have a ton of company around you. If you will find someone that can hold you accountable, I really want to encourage you to do this. Find someone that you trust. Find someone that you know will hold you accountable and say, I want from this point on, I want my mouth to be seasoned with grace and love and encouragement. Now, there's going to be times things are going to get tough or they're going to get tough with someone. When that happens, go to them and talk to them. And hopefully they will have the spiritual maturity to listen to what you have to say if it is something that you really do feel. Talk it out, get it resolved, come back together. Life is great, let's move on. Strengthen the things that remain. And then the third foundational key in discovering who we are in this area um, is evangelism, worship, edification. And evangelism. You know, this year, this is our year, this is our goal. Our goal is going to be to impact our community around Red Baptist. Reaching out to the world with the message of Christ begins first right here in our own backyard. It's easy to go to a foreign country. If you cannot do it in your own backyard, Don't waste your time, don't waste God's time, and don't waste someone else giving you money to help you go on that trip if you're not able to do it here too. You have to be able to do it both here and abroad. That's evangelism. We will train up our people better, and we will help them to feel more confident um, in how they witness and what it means to be a witness Foreign missions is our calling, but our community is our calling as well. We really need to make a bigger impact on our community around us at Redham. And that's what we're going to do. In the near future, we will create some think tanks involving you, the membership, on ways in which we will see this happen. And I know that's a big one with Josh because he's told me. I want you to look at, listen to this. Sam Sorensen. Sam, put your hand up. You don't want to, but look at Sam. Sam is our new daycare director here at our church, 
And she is already hard at work in doing this, along with her staff. Through her leadership at the RCLC, they are really beginning to make a difference in our community. How so? I asked her to just jot down a few things. I got a full page, won't read the whole thing, of what's going on right now since the RCLC has just completely changed. Physical updates, they're trying to establish all the rooms in our daycare to make them look professional, to really make them look like an educational place for you as you drop off your child to get nurtured. Um, they have done many other physical aspects of renovating within the daycare rooms in our building. Training updates, uh, observations at Tarverendon for our CLC teachers in kindergarten classes, uh, beginning to uh, redirect discipline training with conscious discipline, holding staff meetings, uh, so on, so on. How about education updates? New faith-based curriculum for all ages. They're even incorporating animals uh, up there. You want to see a guinea pig? We got a guinea pig. It's up there in the daycare. Um, they hired a, an assistant director of education. Why? To ensure the educational value is being carried out centerwide. How about the enrollment? Do you know in August of 2018, there were 64, 38 early childhood, and 26 after school involved in the daycare there were 30 or excuse me there were 64 and and that was august of 2018 in march of 2019 we've gone from 64 to 87 uh, 52 early childhood 35 after school and now they're picking up kids in lillian they're running three vans now to do so how about parental updates Parent Appreciation Mornings, they do once a month. You can uh, talk to her about that if ever you're interested. All you got to do is come up. Once, it's one morning uh, during uh, uh, the month as parents are dropping off their kids, and you're there to greet the parents, thank them for dropping off their kids and, and trusting us with their kids, and we're giving them coffee and donuts. All you got to do is show up and look pretty and talk. All you got to do. How about this parent comment that was recently made? And this lady made this comment and she said, I cannot say enough positive things about what you are doing. It was a parent of a five year old. Y'all, that's evangelism. That is reaching our community. And it's not just the daycare, the stuff Brandy is doing upstairs in our church, creating a room that's going to look just incredible for our kids when they are entrusted to us with youth functions the last six years of our church we renovated the majority of our main building i mean it was in real dire need and over six hundred and fifty thousand dollars later it's been renovated and we don't we're not in debt one single penny praise god we can clap on that. I'll clap on that. Because when people come to our church, y'all, they see what we are used to seeing. And they, they, they feel what you would feel if you had just walked into that church. It's not about being vain. It is about having a 
a nice, complimentary setting for people to use. All we lack is 3,800, and the bathrooms are paid off in the fellowship hall. And that's a credit to y'all and to what God is doing and by the fact that you're allowing him to use you by your ability to just jump in and help out above your tithe. That's just a God thing. We give him all the credit. Why? Because those are pretty important. Because if you saw them before, they were pretty embarrassing. Pretty embarrassing. The one thing that will stand out the most, that must stand out the most, to everyone within these walls and everyone outside of these walls of this church, is the way that we love and support one another. Amen? That's an amen. That's a big amen. Who are we and what is our purpose? Well, now you know. Strengthen the things that remain. It's about we. Worship, edification, and evangelism. It's not about I. It's not about mine. It is about, it's a we thing. It's a we thing. And I'll say this here. Don't forget it, because you will hate yourself if you do. Don't miss next Sunday. Don't miss next Sunday. We're going to do something we hadn't done before. You're going to love it. You don't have to do anything. You just sit there. It's really going to be good, y'all. And it's going to tie in how we go about keeping before us a vision of where we're going and how we're going to get there. And there's going to be something a little bit extra involved in that. Y'all, it's a we thing. Worship, edification, and evangelism. Missionary C.T. Studd. Man, what a name. I mean, come on. C.T. Studd, he said this. He said, only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. All right, that's good. You can't amen that. I changed it up just a little bit. I didn't take away from it at all. In fact, it just made it bigger. Here's a translation. It's in your bulletin. It's at the bottom of your bulletin. Only one ministry will soon be passed. Only what's done through Christ church will last. Jesus is the one who established the church. Jesus is the one who has commissioned the church. And we as his believers are the ones who have been called out to make a difference in his church. And we're going to start doing that. Let's pray. Father, we just want to come before you right now. And Lord, we really want to thank you that we can be in this place. Lord, there has been so many people in our church that have uh, passed on. Lord, just last week, Joe Baker, and uh, we celebrated his life as we recognized his death. He and Sonia, Lord, they've been a member of this church for 36 years. And as you know, God, every single event where there were food involved outside, hot dogs, hamburgers, Joe's the one who cooked it. He and Bob Potter, and now he's gone. 
Lord, there are people in this church right now, and they do a lot of things without name recognition. But God, you know who they are. Lord, you have told us that the majority of the stuff that we do, let's do it in secret. And as your word tells us, and your heavenly Father who sees in secret will reward them. Lord, there's a lot of work that goes into making the church a vibrant, alive, and moving church. But Lord, we're not anything without your leadership and the indwelling of your Holy Spirit moving in our lives. God, we recognize and we know that your adversary has but one goal, and that goal is to destroy the church. And any time he can get a believer who's not walking in the Spirit, but walking in the flesh, saying things and doing things, which brings the church down, he gets a victory. Lord, those days are done. Father, we just want to ask that your Holy Spirit would lead us. God, that you would teach us. Father, that you would hold us. And God, that you would even hold us accountable to be in the church. As we gain ground and motion and going forward, Father, we need you leading every single step of the way. We ask God for wisdom. You've told us that you would give us wisdom if we ask generously and beyond reproach. And Father, right now, we're asking for that wisdom. But Lord, I pray and ask more than anything, remind all these generals sitting out here in these chairs that you have called them into your service. And they all play such a big part. I pray, God, that this week you might even speak to them about the positions that they could fill if they so desire to step out by, in faith and choose to want to help by plugging into an area of our ministry. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.